Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, this one is a little heavy. Um, last night, as my wife and I were getting ready for bed, we found out that there was another mass shooting here in our state of Colorado. This time, some crazy person walked into a King Supers grocery store and with a rifle gunned down and killed 10 people. In the middle of the day, people just going about their business and ended up dying on the floor of a grocery store. And it, it struck me in a way I wasn't expecting. We have these types of tragedies happen way too often in our communities. And so it's become just part of the backdrop of life with school shootings and these mass shootings in public places that you just find yourself feeling like it's a lottery game where you know you can't protect yourself from it. You know that you can't live your life constantly in vigilant attention looking for gunmen, but that it's out there that it's possible and the fact that we were just in Boulder this weekend it's where my wife grew up and just imagining my my wife and kids or myself doing something so mundane as going to get food for our family and then meeting a violent horrific end or even witnessing that you know there were kids in that store there were it was a whole community just going about the business of life and then one person can just waltz in and create hell on earth and I cried and then I just felt anger so much anger that we are living in a world where our safety is an illusion in a lot of ways and that we take for granted a lifestyle of blissful ignorance while there are forces that are literally ripping the fabric of our culture apart at the seams and I, I have all of these memories come up so when I was a, a high school sophomore a Columbine school shooting happened at the school that was right next to my school so that when those um, those kids had their school closed down, Columbine High School, the Columbine kids came to our high school and we split the schedule, you know, half days. And it was a very close to home, very terrifying and surreal moment in the late 90s that then felt like a, a propagation of this ability for people to take their personal um, struggles and deal that harm to the community at large. And I, I, I was talking to my wife yesterday, we were talking about the political schism in this country and so many people disenfranchised to the point where my wife's high school kids refused to do the Pledge of Allegiance. Because until that flag actually stands for something and is that unity that we are pledging ourselves to, that it, it's a hollow symbol. And I was actually thinking, what does it mean that our flag seems to be at half staff like most of the year? 
it's almost a fitting symbol that the, the flag is itself torn between the two poles. And that when you regard this country, it's not flying at full mast. We are, we are at half mast. So against this backdrop and against these feelings, I um, was reminded of a recording that I did back in 2016 after a friend of mine lived through an earthquake in South America. And I was very preoccupied with this idea of fucked up shit and how it plays into the human happening. So I I found that recording. I just listened to it, and I think that there's some good nuggets in there, and so I wanted to share it with you today. I recognize that it's a bit insensitive to say something at all after a tragedy like this um, has happened and so many people are suffering and in, in that place. And so I don't release this to be insensitive. I am releasing this because it is my meditation on ways to put it all together in a way that makes sense and in a way that uncomplicates the reality that a human experience can be filled with fucked up shit. So I hope that this brings you some level of meditation or comfort my heart absolutely goes out to the families of the people that were murdered in the middle of uh, so much hopelessness you know just when things are, are seeming to be potentially getting better to have something like this happen is just crushing so um It is with all humility and empathy that I um, published this episode, but this was me in 2016 trying to make sense of life in a world full of um, sorrow. And yeah, I hope it makes you feel something and I, I hope it gives you some comfort because if there's one thing we need right now, it is a feeling of a bigger context and that that reassurance that as messed up as things are, that somehow it's all okay. Hello everyone, and welcome to another Uncomplication Rabbit Hole. The title of this rabbit hole is Fucked Up Shit. Lately, I have had thoughts about what it means to live through utter chaos. Living as I do in middle-class, quasi-suburban paradise, it's hard to internalize the real tragedies and suffering of people in other places far away when you see disasters or disease or economic strife and war hunger, famine all kinds of traits of the human condition that are probably more common to the human experience than living in a safe suburban neighborhood If you look at the history of humanity, 
And I have a friend who's been living in South America. And late last year, the country he was living in, and particularly the area he was living in, was rocked by an earthquake that leveled most of the buildings in the town where he lived. And he spent weeks and months and now a year in this disaster area. And in those days after the quake, he was literally pulling the bodies of babies and children out of rubble. And as a community, laying out the bodies of the children so that parents could identify them. And as tragic and horrific as that scenario, they were also faced with shortages of food and water and medical supplies. Everything was cut off. All the roads were damaged. And they had no aid. And basically living in a, in a war zone. And I tried to put myself in that kind of a scenario and it's impossible. It seems like something I could never do. And yet my friend who was in this scenario probably would have said the same thing prior to it happening. If, if anyone asks you, how would you handle pulling dead babies out of rubble? I'm sure it'd be the same kind of shock. It's the same type of shock as listening to stories of World War I and trench warfare and the literal hell on earth that pops up from time to time. Um, yet he, he lived through it. And uh, I'm still waiting to talk to him. I actually think that he would be a very interesting, uncomplication interview just to see what, what it's like to go through an experience like that and come out the other side and how that changes the way you view the world and where your priorities may or may not shift. And so that's sort of been on my mind. And then I was um, talking with another friend today about the new Radiohead album, which is fantastic. And we were talking about Tom York and how he is very outspoken when it comes to the real trials and challenges facing the world. Things like climate change and uh, political <laughs> uh, situations and, and and I was thinking about that while I was cleaning the kitchen tonight and I've had this thought a lot like I said and I've thought about how we are all living on what appears to be the brink of oblivion that at any moment the tables could turn, whether that's an earthquake or a natural disaster decimating where you live, or whether it is political unrest or climate change driving all of them. 
Uh, I've, I've talked about it in previous um, Thin Air podcasts about this idea of Mongols on the horizon, <laughs> men on the horizon, where you can be living your little life in your little walled city and have all of your little challenges and interpersonal conflicts and the things that seem so important. And then one day, someone's looking over the wall and they see a little smoke on the horizon and then men on the horizon and an army and uh, your whole city and everything that you thought was important, your whole priority chain can just be overturned and, and really just discarded in an instant. And even today in this 21st century global economy, we all know that it is teetering on the head of a pin and that war or disease or disasters of any shape could completely make our trivial concerns exactly that. So that's the the reflection and that's why the topic of this rabbit hole is fucked up shit because the world is full of fucked up shit. And history is one long story of fucked up shit. And if we are fortunate enough to live lives of comfort and plenty, the amount of fucked up shit we see is relatively small. But that also creates a gap. There is a saying in Chinese proverbs that he who sleeps on the floor can't roll out of bed. But that person sleeping on the floor or going through, I don't want to have to keep dropping F-bombs, so maybe F-U-S, fuss. People living through fuss every day uh, have a lot more tolerance. It's like taking a really cold shower. And if it's always been cold and it gets colder, you're less likely to notice. But if you've been enjoying this nice warm shower and all of a sudden you're hit by frigid water, it's a huge shock. But all the same, it's this situation where the price of tea in China or the next big disease or the next economic crisis going over the fiscal cliff or the next war that's going to be drafting our sons and daughters, or the men on the horizon. Uh, These things are ever-present in our lives. And I know people, and I have been in situations where the dread and worry is there, and if you dwell on things, uh, it can drive you crazy. And there are others who go along in blissful ignorance. And again, I started kind of talking about Tom York, and he's out playing benefit concerts and just trying to say to people, wake up, look at what's happening, look at the world, look at what we're doing, let's fix things, let's change things. And in his own way, uh, his dealing with the reality as he sees it is to make Uh, fairly depressing music and sing about not getting any big ideas because none of them are going to happen. 
that we're all sort of riding out this <laughs> inevitable decline. And I'm just building all this up so that I can get to my tonic against such thoughts and what for me is sort of a central uncomplication in my own life. And that is the realization that fucked up shit is fundamentally intertwined with what it means to exist at all. And that's easy enough to say, but how does it liberate us from anxiety or stress or what appears to be looming tragedy? Well, at the very base of this whole conversation is the fundamental question of whether or not life is serious. And I wonder, if you ask that question of yourself and your view of the world, is life serious? Is this a challenge where there is on one side victory and on the other side absolute failure? Or is life and the world fundamentally like music that has high notes and low notes? It has joys set against sorrows and it has cycles going around and around and around. And I think that this question is fundamentally at the base of the uncomplication that I have experienced and the fundamental liberation from worry about the state of the world and where all of this might end and whether or not my children will live and grow in a world of uh, comfort and happiness as I've experienced. And at the root of this is that question. And for me, my basic experience of life has not been one of absolutes. That there is absolute good and absolute evil. That there is absolute victory and absolute failure. It is whole. <laughs> it is holy. It is the view that everything in life goes together. And one of the ways that this can be experienced and seen is by asking yourself, have you in your entire life ever had a moment of joy? Have you ever been happy? Really think about that. And the answer is, of course. Everyone at some point has experienced joy. And even if you haven't experienced joy, the potential is always there to experience joy. And why that's important is because that joy, that bliss that you have experienced in your life, whenever it was, those moments 
can and do only exist because the world is exactly the way that it is. So that all of the pain, all of the horrors, all of the tragedy and suffering and sorrow, all of that was, in a sense, required to have the world be the way that it is in which you have had a moment of joy. So to try and take the sorrow and the misery and the tragedy out of life is to, I think, miss the real nature of life. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I am very, very grateful that there are people providing aid and fighting against injustice. It is what makes the world go round. Uh, but what I, what I am suggesting is that while we can act to create more joy and longevity and avoid, avoid the suffering and, and sorrows, we can act in that way. But if those actions should still bring us to sorrow and suffering, if there's a way that we can experience the wholeness, I think there is, there is liberation there. Let me think of a slightly different way to put this. So when I think about climate change and what that actually could mean, let's just take that for granted or let's take anything. Let's take for granted the fact or the idea that another global war is inevitable. Because in the history of humans, there is always war and then peace and then war and then peace. And so if you look back at any point in history, any point at all, you can put your finger on that point and say, this was a time before the war or during the war. And that is true of now. But in that unfolding, there is the, the reality of what life is. And all of this together is what is making our ability to experience joy even possible. If you were to try and go back through history and take out all of the suffering and all of the wars, there would be no history at all. There would be no humanity. And there sure as sugar wouldn't be you. If you could go back in a time machine and kill Hitler or stop Genghis Khan from invading China or any, you know, anything you can think of, any injustice, any earthquake, if you could go back and warn the people of Ecuador before the last earthquake for all of them to evacuate and that actually came to pass and you and you saved them it would be it would change everything that we that we have you can't unravel the world as it is without unraveling the whole thing and so i'm calling this fucked up shit and really my meditation is just on this thought that while the world is full of fuss, that 
this idea that it's all a beautiful illusion. There's a mystery so much deeper than what we can actually wrap our minds around that to say one thing should be and one thing shouldn't be is to exhibit a very strong expression of faithlessness. So what then is the uncomplication? How do we liberate our minds from this feeling of teetering that we may succeed or fail utterly? Or even that these moments of tragedy and suffering and sorrow are fundamentally the evil of the world getting the best of us and that they are things that should not be in in a perfect world, in the right world, in the world of truth and beauty, that these things should not be. The uncomplication is taking a moment to reflect on, on life and to think about how at any point in human existence, and even if you want to stretch your brain farther and think about the, the history of everything, the universe, whether you are a scientific type and imagine some sort of a big bang, or if you're religious and you imagine a, a creation event and an intelligent creator with some sort of will and intent, no matter which one you pick, no matter how you think about it, if you think about it, it has to include everything. It has to be complete. It has to be whole. God is said to be holy. Holy. Whole. Nothing left out. One. The universe. Uni. One. Universe. One turn. So it's this wholeness and these, these moments, these, these terrifying things and even these terrifying things that may yet be, all of that is included in this oneness. And you can't, you can't separate it out. You can't take anything out without the whole thing falling apart. And one of the things that I remind myself is that if I have had a single moment of joy in my entire life, which I have had many, many moments of joy, that joy is completely dependent on everything else that has happened or will happen. So if we are to look at the world and and try to correct it or to fear its imbalance or where things might go, we're sort of missing, I think, the recognition that all of these things come together. Gosh, there's just, there's just not language to talk about these things. It's that feeling right now. Let's try something different. Rather than just talking, let's feel. So just pause where you are. And even if you're walking or driving or, or doing something, just... Just let your attention come to your senses, to the feeling of your breath, the sight of your eyes, the taste in your mouth, 
what you're hearing. This is it. This is you. This is the world. This is life. This is now. This is any word that you want to put here. This can be good. This can be bad. You get to define it as such. Your heart can be racing and your endorphins can be pumping and this can be exciting and joyous. Or you could feel despair in the pit of your stomach and sorrow sweep through you. All of these emotions, all of these things are right here and present. And what we actually are are continuations of this one thing happening. It's like how in the world there are grasshoppers or crickets. I hear all these crickets chirping. And right now, there is not a single cricket alive that was alive two years ago. I don't know how long a cricket lives, but let's say... Two years ago, I'm assuming. There's not a single cricket in the world that was alive two years ago. So if you go back two years, every single cricket has absolute cause for panic. They are doomed. Their life is sacrifice. Not a single one of them is going to live for another two years. And they can take to the streets. They can dig into their burrows. They can panic. They can flee. They can post leaflets and say the end is nigh. But guess what I hear right now? Crickets. The individual crickets might die, but the cricketness continues. And with that cricketness is contained everything that is cricket. And in us, in, in, in our humanity... We have a global population pushing towards 8 billion people. And you know what? There is a huge cross-section of that, that their days are numbered. There are people, we might be one of them, you and me, we might be the ones that have no hope. In the next two years, we will die. And that might be a, a tragedy that will befall us, a war, a disease, getting hit by a car, Look at the actuarial tables. What are the percentages? But you know what? That humanness will continue. And even if you want to look farther ahead at the extinction of the planet, of the sun going supernova and wiping out everything, even if that were to happen and humans were to disappear, you know what? The itness of the universe would continue. The star that is shining down on us every day, I forget the exact number, but it's, it's something like a third or fourth generation star. It has actually shone for billions of years and then exploded and then recondensed and shone for another however many billion years and then exploded and then come back together. I mean, all of this has been going on. And so we are a part of that one thing happening. And isn't it crazy? Isn't it absolutely absurd that in this 
history that we think of, of the universe existing, or even if you are, even if you only think the world is, you know, 2,000 or 6,000 years old, I don't care. The, the miraculousness that you, as you, are here now experiencing it for the first time, it's incredible. It is it. Your experience is the experience. And so this, this talk of seriousness versus playfulness, it is this expansive field of sensation and joys and sorrow, of feeling optimism and crushing pessimism, of just flowing and cycling. But the fact that you are here now experiencing it is in itself this embodiment of what it actually is. And that you might hear these words and then go find yourself in a twisted car accident or a tornado or a tidal wave or a fire or a disease or a war or you might just slip your dumb ass in the tub and hit your head and that's it. <laughs> but here, in this moment, in this now, everything is contained. And that rests amidst a, a matrix, a tapestry, a, a continuum of all the other things like that happening. And those, I talked about Mongolians on the horizon, those villages that were pillaged and the women raped and the babies murdered and the men forced into service and all of that horrible stuff that to us is just unfathomable. How could we live through it? People live through it. And we are here and we are alive and now it's our turn. The universe means one turn. And guess what? It's your turn now. And as we go into this world of uncertainty and fear, we can do that with the feeling that it is all or nothing. That we can slip up and fail or that we can succeed and win. And we can live with that sword over our head. Or we can take a breath and we can experience life as it is and we can come to that moment and that place and that feeling of realizing that everything, the injustice, the suffering, the joy, the horror, the love, all of that is what is allowing you to experience this moment right now and that you cannot take that away and still be here right now. That just does not exist. And so as I look to the future and I look to these challenges, I have this faith, fundamental, pure, glowing faith. Not faith that some book somewhere has the right recipe of words that explains what all this is. And not faith that in all of my blabbing and thinking that I have it all figured out but faith in that what this is that's happening is something so big and amazing and beautiful that I will never understand it and I'm perfectly fine with it. That the same 
energy that just put a shooting star into my field of view. I just saw that. I'm out here in the dark, and I just saw a big streaking shooting star with a big tail. That thing has been floating through the solar system and galaxy for who knows how long. And there it was, shining in front of my eyes. That whole thing that's moving, that put me in this spot to witness that, that one little improbability is under the same flow and energy as everything else, as the animals with their natural uh, balances and the, uh, the waves of water and sound and, and sight. All of it is fundamentally happening, and I'm happening with it. I am the same as what it is. And in what it is, it contains these horrors and these, and these fears but it also contains the joy and the love and the, and the everything else. So again, like I said, I, I'm just kind of blabbing here and I'm not trying to discourage anyone from going out there and doing what you feel is the thing to do. Whether that's trying to change human behavior to be less disruptive or whether it's trying to protect people from the outbreak of a disease or whether it's providing aid to people that are suffering through the tragedies of a uh, natural disaster, all of those things are, are wonderful things to be engaged in. But just as you wake into a dream, all of it will eventually go back into where that came from. And that, and that oneness is, to me, the bigger, um, the bigger backdrop. And it's so big, I, I don't know how to think about it. I don't know how to talk about it. All I can do is, is experience it and get to these, the depths of this logic and these words just kind of failing into this um, absurd beauty that everything is. And so, yeah, that's my, that's my kind of long-winded rabbit hole, my meditation on fucked up shit. Because the world is full of it. But it's also the only, the only experience. It all goes together. It's all part and parcel of, of you and, and what you know and what you've done. And that if you have a single thing in your life that brings you joy, that that, that one thing is resting on this mountain of everything else. So I'm going to stop my yammering. I've said about as much as I can. But um, yeah, that's my little uncomplication meditation on uh, living in a world where anything can happen. Thank you all so much for listening today. I hope that this episode gave you some good food for thought if you find yourself in a situation that is less than pleasant. Um, I hope I made it clear throughout that I am in no way trying to diminish the real gravity and reality of those experiences that can befall us. And my heart goes out to the victims of the Boulder grocery store shooting and the countless other horrific events like that that have just become part of our day-to-day -day world. Um, I'm not in any way suggesting that we should all take a passive attitude to these cultural problems. Indeed, that activity is 
what makes the world go round. Um, but I do believe that there is a bigger context that we can experience in moments of stillness where we dig into our reality happening that makes the bigger picture one of profound mystery and inclusion of all of these things, good and bad. And that in those types of mindsets and moments, there is the ability to find peace. So um, if you enjoyed this episode, please help share Uncomplication with your friends and family. And stay tuned because we have a lot more episodes coming up. So as always, until next time, cheers. Cheers.